<laughs> seriously, I loved working with engineers, loved working mm -hmm. with my teams. I always hated my clunky safety boots, you know? Yeah. And especially as a consultant, you have to dress professionally. Right. And I want to dress professionally. What you wear has a major impact on your confidence and performance and work. And I just had such a hard time finding shoes that would work well with my outfit. So mm -hmm. after a while, I decided to give it a shot and develop better products for myself and other women. Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing Happy Hour. Each week, we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft and give you the tools, tactics and strategies you need to take your career and your business to the next level. And now your host, Chris Lukey. What's up, folks? I'm excited to have you here for another episode, and I think you're going to dig this week's very unique topic. This week's show is all about how a women's industrial apparel company is empowering women in manufacturing, construction, and beyond. It's a company that, at its true essence, is helping women advance in their careers and feel confident whether they're in the office or on a job site. And to think, it all started with a stylish steel toe shoe. If you're wondering why a shoe has anything to do with leveling the playing field for women in the industrial workforce, our guest this week is here to shed light on this important topic. Anastasia Kraft is the co-founder and CEO of the Milwaukee-based company Xena Workwear, a company that's creating fashionable feminine steel toe boots and very soon other great-looking functional apparel for women that are leading the industry. Now, we're still early in the podcast. This is episode eight, but I'm pretty sure my listener demographic is about 50-50 men and women. I imagine a lot of the women that are listening are very excited for this topic, just as I was when I found out that this product existed. But for the guys out there, I want to let you know I think you should stick around because I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode as well. Gender aside, here are three reasons why I think you'll be excited for this show and the three things you can expect from this episode. First, we hear Anna's story, why she was compelled to create Xena Workwear, the trials and tribulations of starting your own company, and the dynamics of co-founding a company with your spouse. Second, we talk about the shoe, not only in terms of what makes it an industry-compliant piece of footwear, but more importantly, as you've heard, how it impacts confidence and in turn helps women in the field accelerate in their careers. Finally, this leads us to our last point, which is how do we continue to make careers in STEM more accessible to women? We talk about how we've seen things evolve over the years and the reason Anna feels having strong female role models is hugely important in getting girls involved in STEM at a young age. And last but not least, we wrap up the conversation by discussing how male allies can also be an active part of the solution. Just a heads up, I didn't mention this in the episode itself, but if you're looking to connect with Xena Workwear, you can do that at xenaworkwear.com or xenaworkwear, all one word, on Instagram. And just so you know, Xena is spelled X-E-N-A. As my regular call to action for you before we get started with the interview, I just want to ask, if you're digging the show, if you love this episode in particular, please let us know by leaving a five-star rating and review at iTunes or Apple Podcast, as it's often called. You can get there either on your phone or on your desktop by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. It'll take you right there. Now, it's very easy to leave that five-star review. You'll see some stars on there, and you just, you know, hit the fifth one to mark that. But 
if you want to leave a review, that's what really helps put the show on the map. And that does not need to be a chore either. A review can be as short as one sentence and can just be, you know, a feel-good comment about a specific episode, a moment you liked during the show, or the podcast as a whole. Anything helps, again, head to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes to leave a five-star rating and review. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And with that, let's head to Milwaukee, Wisconsin to crack some local beers and have a fantastic conversation with Anastasia Kraft. I'm glad I picked this one. I wanted to make sure you got your favorite beverage. I like both, but you know, I drink this one all the time. MKE Brewing's great. In fact, at Automation Fair, they had like a brew house set up over there in the back. Oh, really? So after 2 p.m., they had some uh, some beer samples. So let's see. Plowed in for anyone anyone watching out there. Winter ale. And with that, let's let's dive on in. Cheers, Anna. Cheers. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to have you here. Welcome to the show. Hmm. And I am glad you decided to abide by the manufacturing happy hour beer standard. So. Oh, yeah. I, I love the concept. When I watched a few of your videos, I thought, ah, that yeah. sounds fun. <laughs> we, have, we have a good time. And MKE Brewing is just right down the street from here, mm-hmm. just right around the corner, yeah. really, the original location. They've since expanded quite a bit. They did. Then. And we have a lot of amazing breweries in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So we have Lakefront, Urban Harvest, so many more. So. Yeah. Anyone who loves beer should come to Milwaukee. Great brew city for anyone out there listening or watching today. And uh, before we dive into it, I want to make sure I give you a proper introduction. So for the folks out there listening today, our guest today is an entrepreneur and fashionista for the manufacturing sector. After starting her career in project management and realizing her personal disdain for bulky men's work boots, she went on to become the co-founder of Xena Workwear, a Milwaukee-based industrial industrial apparel company that specializes in stylish and compliant steel-toed shoes for women. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Anna Croft. Thank you so much. Welcome. Very excited to share my story and get the word out about stylish steel-toed boots. Absolutely. And, and, and with your story, I guess as I was getting prepared for this interview and researching, like there are always interesting facts that pop out as I'm perusing LinkedIn and things like that. You speak four different languages. Yeah, um, I was actually born, uh, everyone can hear an accent, which is a little difficult to detect. I was born in Kazakhstan, Mm. which borders Russia, China, Mm -hmm. used to be part of the Soviet Union, so that's why I speak Russian. Okay. When I was 10, my family moved to Germany. Okay. um, Because my dad had German roots, and that's why I speak German, and German is probably my best language. Okay. And then when I studied international project engineering... Mm-hmm. In college, we had to go abroad. Like everyone had to go abroad to yeah. do an internship, and I actually wanted to live abroad for uh, for half a year or a year. Applied mm-hmm. to different countries, and mm-hmm. I got a really cool offer to Waukesha, Wisconsin. Mm. <laughs> I had multiple opportunities, but I thought that this one was the most interesting one, and I was um, very excited to experience the American culture and travel travel throughout the U.S. I'm curious of all spots to start in America. Wisconsin's an interesting spot. What was your What was your initial impression? Um, it was different. Um, yeah. I, I'm from southern Germany, where we mm-hmm. have a lot of mountains and forests. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wisconsin is a little bit different, but I love to be by by the lake. Um, I love Milwaukee. I fell in love with Milwaukee right away. I always say it's one of the one of the hidden gems in the world. I've 
-hmm. travel to so many different countries, but still think that this is one of the best cities to live and work in. Mm -hmm. After I met my husband during my internship, I I decided to move here. He he speaks three languages, but German is not one of them. Okay, okay. And I probably should have mentioned that I speak Spanish as well, which is also helpful. Yeah. Manufacturing in very Yeah, very practical. I speak travel Spanish. I have been politely... Hey, that's sometimes all you need. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all you need. I've been politely referred to as a gringo before whenever I travel. It's like, yeah, you definitely, you fit the mold, which is is not a negative term. It's just like, yeah, you know your travel Spanish. You can get around. We know you're trying, but I would like to be a little more... um, I would like to have a little more expertise in that, to say the least. But yeah, Wisconsin has actually been a spot that's been featured on this show quite a bit recently, just with the amount of industry that's up yeah, here. Yeah, I think we're in a very good spot. Um, Wisconsin in general, mm-hmm. the whole Midwest has such a deep, has deep roots in manufacturing and has mm-hmm. a really good work ethic, um, very supportive people. We're incredibly happy to be based here, yeah. here in the area. Well, I guess one, one question I have for you to kind of kick things off and understand your story. Why did you first get into STEM and product management? At what point did you realize that was the direction you wanted your career to go? I studied international project engineering in Germany, which okay. gives me a very, I have technically an engineering background, mm-hmm. but it's very broad. Mm-hmm. So I had subjects like electrical engineering, thermal and fluid dynamics, material science, but I'm not a specialist in any of those areas. Mm-hmm. And another huge, huge focus was project management. Okay. And the reason why this program was developed was because manufacturing companies in Germany needed someone who had the skill set, had an engineering background and had strong skills in project management. And that's mm-hmm. when I came to the US, I started working in this field, which was a perfect job for me working with clients, manufacturing clients, and helping them deliver mm-hmm. critical multi-million dollar projects. And working in that space, well, I loved my job, <laughs> seriously, I loved working with engineers, loved mm-hmm. working with my teams. I always hated my clunky safety boots, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, <laughs> and especially as a consultant, you have to dress professionally. Right. And I want to dress professionally. What you wear has a major impact on your mm-hmm. confidence and your performance and work and yeah. promotability. Oh, absolutely. And I just had such a hard time finding shoes that would work well with my outfit Mm -hmm. because you constantly transition from a meeting to the shop floor going back and forth and I Mm -hmm. constantly had to change switch shoes and I know so many women who complain about the same thing like how is it possible that there's nothing out there so Mm -hmm. after a while I I decided to give it a shot and develop better products for myself and other women absolutely I mean well I, I guess a little from a personal standpoint when I first heard about your company I heard about it from like two or three different people within like 24 hours I'm like wow this is <laughs> this is amazing. catching no it was really it was really cool you came up in uh for anyone listening uh episode four with Dr. Chris mm-hmm. Rapello was one mm-hmm. of the people that had had mentioned your company and it was right around that same time I'd heard about it from a, a handful of other people and my first thought was I'm like wow talk about a problem a, a product that solves a problem because even though I'm a guy I I hate the steel toe boots too if uh, hopefully like that fashionable wing tips are in in your portfolio at some time down the line oh, i would we, we buy don't those know. <laughs> we, right now, you guys have so many options I, I guess. <laughs> we're focusing on like women's that's needs fair. Maybe we'll that's fair i have never I, I have never, never said de- never but our main focus will will be on women's Absolutely. footwear and 
soon at peril. Right. I was going to say, long, long story short, um, certainly solving a huge problem because I thought, yeah, if you can make fashionable steel-toed boots for women, I can think of tons of people that are going to go after that. So really impressed. I guess, was there a single moment that you're like, I need to start this company? Or was it just something that evolved over time? Let's see. I always wanted to start a business. Mm -hmm. Okay, let let me tell you the story. Um, My husband and I decided uh, that we want to give ourselves a year to figure out if we want to stay in the corporate world or start Mm -hmm. a business. Mm -hmm. So if we decided to stay in corporate, we would have done our master's. I would have done my master's in mechanical engineering to finally be specialized in in an area. My husband would have done his MBA Mm -hmm. Uh, or we would start a business, but only if that would be something we're incredibly passionate about and um, would be willing to try. So Mm -hmm. by the end of that year, we booked a cabin up north and Mm -hmm. swatted out multiple ideas Wow. <laughs> weekend and decided, okay, let's give it a shot. And awesome. That's how we, I started doing a lot of, and I focused on it most of the time. He was focused on his full time job, doing a lot of research about safety footwear standards in the US. That was, there was so much to learn. Now, every yeah. time I walk into a safety footwear store or any safety professional I talk to, mm-hmm. I realize, like, oh my God, I know so much more about this than yeah. all those other people who sell shoes for the last, have been selling shoes for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt it. I, you know, what, um, and if I look, remember right, this was founded just over a year and a half ago, right? When, when did the company start? Um, so it took us a little over a year to learn everything about safety standards, okay. uh, create designs, find a manufacturer, go through multiple rounds of prototypes, and mm. finally pass the required ESCM testing, okay. s- testing at a lab in the U.S. And then finally in May of this year, of 2019, we okay. launched our website with one product and two colors. So if I'm, if I'm hearing that right, it took basically a year to go through the process of just getting the product approved in mm-hmm. a lot of ways and meeting all the standards that it needs to make. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's really just been, I mean, a little over half year then? Yeah, Is that the yeah, right way to exactly. say? Exactly. But we've been working really, really hard on uh, releasing new products. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during the time when we launched our company, we went through an accelerator program called Chi Beta. It's part mm-hmm. of a bigger program generator that mm-hmm. helps companies to achieve their goals faster and mm-hmm raise funding. So through that program, we were able to find our investors who support us along the way. And through that investment, we're able to release products faster Mm -hmm. and grow faster than we would have done, done it without them. Over the past year and a half of this journey, give, give or take year and a half, what's the biggest thing that's surprised you in starting your own company? Let's see. I'm surprised how resilient you have to be or how resilient yeah. it can be because mm-hmm. there are so many there are so many failures along the way yeah and when you work for a bigger company there's always like there's always someone else to blame for it sure yeah <laughs> when you yeah. run your own small company it's always on you you have to own it and if you learn how you uh, go through difficult times and the challenge is to get back up and keep going because yeah um, this is the only way to succeed, to be focused on the goal and be persistent. Mm-hmm. So whereas at a large company, there are multiple people. You don't want to play the blame game, but at the end of the day, Ed, when it comes to a startup, it's all on you yeah. in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. The mm-hmm. buck stops with you. Yeah. That's but it's so exciting. Like There are so many ups and downs. Like Of course, there are times when I'm 
so overwhelmed that it happens that I'm crying once in a while. I'm like, oh my God. I, and I set very high standards for myself on sure. the products. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Me, me being a terrible German and like having, <laughs> setting a very high bar on what I want to achieve and like suddenly realizing I can't get it all done. Isn't that <laughs> what Germans do? They set a high bar? Of high bar for precision. Am I making that up? I'm half German. I'm made, but I'm yeah, learning yeah. as I quality, go. Quality, <laughs> quality is important. Yes. And then there are other times when I see emails from our customers that are saying, "Oh my God, Anna, I received my shoes mm-hmm. yesterday. I love them so much," and sending us pictures of we- women wearing them actually on a manufacturing floor, construction site, mm-hmm. even in their free time. This is so rewarding, and this yeah. is what keeps me going. Well, I was just at Rockwell's Automation Fair this week, and I'm pretty sure I saw a handful of your shoes walking, like, al- along the floor. Mm-hmm. So I can't say I have the perfect eye for it yet, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I think that's Xena Workwear. So Yeah, it's, been- it's so exciting. I, I, I was at the SWE conference in Anaheim. It's the mm-hmm. largest yeah. women's um, women in engineering conference in mm-hmm. the world, and I met a few customers who who are wearing the shoes to a conference. Like, how often would yeah. you say, like, I would wear my steel-toed boots in my yeah. free time? That was well, amazing. You, yeah, I mean, you're bringing up a, a few different points I want to touch on at some point in the interview, including women in STEM, women in engineering, as well as I want to get some of the details on the shoes also. But I guess as we kind of wrap up the starting a business portion of this conversation – you brought it up at the start of the interview, and I didn't know this, but that you have mentioned a couple times. You run the business with your husband, and I've I, we haven't had like a husband wife company on the show before. What's that dynamic like mm-hmm. working with your partner? Yeah, um, on the one side, he's the best business partner I could imagine because mm-hmm. we have very complementing skill sets. I'm the one meeting all our customers, developing the product because mm-hmm. I worked in this field and I know what is needed, mm-hmm. and he's the one who really enjoys running operations, meaning how do we get products shipped from Mexico to Milwaukee? How do we mm-hmm. get them to our customers on time and um, accounting, which is not fun to me at all. Right. <laughs> but um, it's their <laughs> complementing skill sets. Yeah. But an interesting dynamic is that I'm a huge introvert and he's mm-hmm. an extrovert. Mm-hmm. So he's the one who loves to be on stage, who loves mm-hmm. to be on camera, interviews, and I'm a huge introvert. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> taking it, every opportunity I get to yeah. to share about our company. Sure. And, that and is very I'm, interesting. I'm getting more and more comfortable over time, but in the beginning mm-hmm. it was a huge, huge stress factor to mm-hmm. even do a photo shoot or just mm-hmm. do a first interview on camera. Well, I always look at introversion versus extroversion because I definitely fall on the extrovert uh, extrovert side of things. It's not a matter of being comfortable in front of people or you know be you know presenting well in front of people. I often look at it as as how do you recharge? Like, oh yeah, do you exactly. Yeah, alone, or yeah. Do you that's recharge when that, you're that's exactly the definition. I probably get that wrong. Yeah, and I recharge when I my best way to recharge is to go for a beautiful walk along mm. our, Lake Michigan mm-hmm. and just enjoy a cup of coffee by the lake. And he's the one who is like once in the middle of the action yeah yeah <laughs> but well, a lot of people around him i love that some some discussion points i didn't necessarily expect to come up today but we've been talking a little bit about the shoe so far so for those of you listening we have a shoe on the table but we're going to give you a good audio overview of it but you can always find these videos on youtube as well perfect so yeah this this is um the first model that we released it has a steel toe cap built in mm-hmm. and a rubber outsole that is slip resistant, chemical resistant, and heat resistant. Mm-hmm. This is the very first model, which is meant as a walkthrough shoe. So mainly for women who work in the office most of the time. Mm-hmm. It could be um, an engineer, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it could be in a manufacturing environment or construction, mm-hmm. but some women who work have to give presentations, mm-hmm. have to be in the office, meet clients, and then mm-hmm. once in a while walk through the shop floor or check a semi-finished construction site. Sure. And then the next model that we'll be releasing is um, a lower heel model with ankle coverage. Okay. Uh, that will come out in a few weeks. All it's right. currently All right. going through testing and it will have an electric hazard certification. Oh, okay. And just a f- two weeks ago, we released a very similar model to this that has a slightly wider toe cap and has a static dissipative certification, which is, which is often needed in a chemical manufacturing environment okay. when you work with highly flammable materials Got it. or sensitive chips. So I, I always love distilling kind of, so static dissipative characteristic mm-hmm. means you're in a chemical plant or some like potentially chemi- hazardous chemical environment mm-hmm. and it protects against that is what it does. So, so what it does is um, it conducts your static charge from the body mm-hmm. to the ground that you okay. cannot cause a little spark. So we Got all it. have the experience that you touch a door handle or the car and mm-hmm. cause a little spark. Yep. That can be very dangerous when you work with flammable materials or you could damage them million dollar chip by just right. touching it so the yeah. shoes conduct the charge Love through that. the shoes to the ground i well i appreciate the overview i appreciate the description and the clarification there as we wrap up this first half of the interview one of my big questions is you there are a lot of women out there that have these shoes now and i see you have, you have a blog on your site that features amazing women in the industry what's maybe a story you've heard like a success story around one of these shoes or just something where it's made an impact in someone's mm-hmm. career in some mm-hmm. way, if you have one to share. Yeah, a very good example would be sharing a story from a woman in, in sales who said she travels a lot throughout the U.S., and when she goes into a sales meeting, mm-hmm. she wants to dress professionally, and she mm-hmm. usually comes in dress up professionally. She used mm-hmm. to carry a, like a huge bag of her clunky boots, yeah. and she sent me an email and said, Anna, like this is such a game changer. When I travel, I just need to pair it like pack this pair of boots when yeah. I go into the meeting like I'm ready to look great and when we go out on the shop floor she's mm-hmm. ready to go it just makes it so much more easy to sure to do the work done to get the work done and the way it makes w- women feel it's just incredible they feel way more feminine confident mm-hmm. and this is what they have been looking for you know what you're selling is a shoe like the physical product but what you're really selling is confidence Mm -hmm. at the end of the day Mm -hmm. a confidence boost in the industry that Mm -hmm. you know i i i love what you've been doing with it i've got a couple more topics to chat with you after we take a quick break so for those of you listening we will be right back with round two in a second This episode of Manufacturing Happy Hour is sponsored by Audible. Audible is the world's largest electronic library for audiobooks and spoken word entertainment. And since you are a listener of this fine podcast, we are giving you a free trial subscription to Audible. You can get a one-month trial by going to audibletrial.com slash happyhourpod to claim your first free audiobook. Now, I have some travel coming up. In fact, you're going to hear a little bit about that as Anna and I get into a sidebar conversation about international adventures once we return to our interview. But getting this back on track, the reason I bring this up is while I am jaunting around over the holidays, I will certainly be listening to audiobooks on Audible because... 
quite frankly, as I'm hopping from a train to a cab or wherever it may be, that's going to be the easiest way for me to continue to consume knowledge while I'm on the go. I probably plow through at least one book a month, and that's exactly what you get by signing up for Audible. Again, if you are interested in trying that out, you can claim your free audiobook with your trial subscription at audibletrial.com slash happyhourpod. And now, let's get back to our conversation with Anna Kraft. All right, you play volleyball, right? I do. Okay. Yeah, I love volleyball. Okay. So that's another reason why I love Milwaukee. There's this beautiful Brad- Bradford Beach. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Usually play volleyball. Good beach all volleyball. Summer, all summer, summer long. Yeah. yeah. Yep. As the lake is always too cold to go swimming, but the beach is beautiful. Have you ever done the polar plunge since you've been uh, out here? I haven't. Oh, I, that, so that I, I did that in what 2009 or How so. How was it's it? Like, it's it's awful. <laughs> it's there. There are plenty of stupid things I've done in my life that I'm oh like, that God. was a lot of fun. You're I'm like, glad check, I did it. That done. one was not one of them. I'm like, I don't think I needed to do that. That was not terribly enjoyable. <laughs> but um, we were chatting about that. So you are a, I, I think you used to coach in volleyball still, and you've done. It's been a part of your your life at, mm-hmm. at least in some regard mm-hmm. at this point. I, I used to when I lived in Germany. I played volleyball mm-hmm. on in a club and I was coaching coaching girls yeah a, a girls team for okay. many years so you've played you've coached what's uh what's a takeaway from volleyball that has helped you in either your entrepreneurial career or your engineering career mm-hmm. most people would say that it's teamwork mm-hmm. and you learn how to play together and sometimes you have a good day sometimes you have a bad day and you have to make sure that the team sticks together and helps each other out otherwise it's, it's just a great way to spend time like once you play volleyball like wherever you go you always find find something active to do where is um so you mentioned bradford beach are there other cool spots that you've played volleyball before around the world with your extensive travels around i'm just curious if uh... oh you know when we travel it's usually a backpacking trip sure so we don't spend much time at the beach and so yeah. we set ourselves the goal the next trip when Ever that will happen, hopefully. Okay. <laughs> we'll be uh, a lazy vacation at the mm-hmm. beach where we'll be enjoying drinks and playing volleyball. But what how we love to travel is mm-hmm. usually backpacking through Cambodia, Laos, and Thailand. Yeah. Like, visiting all the like less touristy places mm-hmm. and um, experiencing the real culture. What was the most recent trek you went on, if you can remember? Yeah. So we haven't traveled for the last two since we started the business i was gonna say this kind of takes priority for a little bit (laughs) yeah before we started the business um we went on a one month trip to asia which was amazing and Mm. went through traveled through cambodia like the most beautiful part i've seen in cambodia was um angkor wat yeah it's now they're trying to get as, as part of the seventh world wonders mm-hmm. oh um, no way yeah so they're adding an eighth world wonder yeah and Interesting. maybe they'll kick one out at <laughs> this one and it's I just i didn't know beautiful. you could replace world wonders this is this is uh, new. you know there's so many so many categories but it's just such a beautiful set of temples that were mm-hmm. built in the i think in the 1100 and mm-hmm. they have um engravings and in, mm-hmm. in how do you call it? Sorry. Hieroglyphics? Or, uh, that's what it's called in Egypt. I, engravings sounds great to yeah. me. Okay, if it's a real word, I thought <laughs> yeah, I just made it, it up. 
And even with today's technology, it would be difficult to replicate it with a laser. Mm-hmm. They're still trying to figure out how they were able to do it wow. by hand. So All right. Cool stuff. I love love architecture. So that qualifies for world wonder replacement status, I yeah. guess. That's yeah, pretty cool. Learn, learn a bunch of things That's where today. That's Tomb Raider was filmed, you know, where mm-hmm. you have like all those cool trees growing around old temples yeah i haven't i haven't seen tomb raider but i did know that tidbit about it. i never made it to cambodia while i was over there i hit myanmar i hit thailand i need to get back mm-hmm. but fingers mm-hmm. crossed when this episode's mm-hmm. coming out oh, the yeah. next trek is over to eastern europe oh cool been. so where in eastern europe uh romania is the top slot right why, why romania um i put a post on facebook that said i'm planning to backpack eastern europe over the holidays okay. and that was the spot that most people really? came back saying you gotta go there interesting I was, I was a little surprised like cool. budapest I'd love to hit okay. that while I'm over there. So heard I'll, really good things about Budapest. Yeah, trip, trip, still to be determined a little mm-hmm, bit. Need mm-hmm. to figure out some things. I had to get through uh, some podcasting before mm-hmm, I got out there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we could talk about travel all day. But there's another topic I really want to cover with you, and that's around what I gather is your passion for women in STEM, because you talk about bringing confidence to women in the workforce with your shoe. And I'm trying to think if there was a specific way you said it. Oh, here the, the quote that I came across on your website was, you're building a community of female leaders who inspire the next generation of girls. How does that play into your mission at Xena Workwear? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, one of my goals is to build better products for women mm-hmm. that we can all be more successful and just feel better. And my long-term goal is to increase the number of girls in STEM and the trades. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem why many girls don't consider these careers as an option Mm -hmm. is because they don't see enough role models. Mm -hmm. Like a few weeks ago when I had an event at Marquette University where they (laughs) organized a great event for schoolgirls to to explore STEM careers. Co-organized with Chris Rapella, mm-hmm. um, I sat down with ten girls at a table and asked them what they wanted to do later. And so many of them said, "I want to be a nurse or a teacher." And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. But when I asked right. them why, why do you want to do that? The mm-hmm. answer was because I have a cousin who does it, or I have mm-hmm. a, they have a role model they see mm-hmm. um, that encourages them to do that. And none of them had an example in engineering, for example. Mm-hmm. And so we want to, through our blog, we want to share more stories about women in STEM and the trades and show the girls, this is an option. This is a great career path. You can have a lot of fun, make good money and have an impact in the world. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of girls and women want to have a job where they have a positive impact in the world. Yeah, And you can definitely have that in engineering, manufacturing, and mm-hmm. construction jobs. Do you see, in your opinion, do you see things changing for the better over the past five, ten years? What's your perception on that? Um, I think they're getting better. And okay. I think a lot of nonprofits are now doing a really good job going to schools and working with girls and mm-hmm. doing fun things like, let's do 3D printing or mm-hmm. let's explore welding or do a construction camp for a week. Mm-hmm. So this exposes girls to these careers earlier and shows mm-hmm. them what it is really about because something happens around the age of 15 where girls lose the feeling that they can do math and physics and engineering like they lose the confidence for some reason okay so they're still trying to figure out what I happens i didn't know there. that was like the inflection point so mm-hmm. age 15 mm-hmm. or so okay mm-hmm. and you might hear different statistics but sure. that's what I, i've read Sounds so about i right. think those uh, nonprofits are doing a really good job and mm-hmm. i think we will will see a significant increase in 
women in STEM and the trades. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we will reach a 50-50 ratio because we all have different interests and mm-hmm. that number might be a little bit different, but I think we can do much, much better than mm-hmm. 26%, 28% women in STEM. Sure. No, I, I completely agree with that. You know, one thing that's been interesting, just starting this podcast not too many episodes ago, literally about half of my guests have been women so far. And that's mm-hmm. not that wasn't by any intentionality. Like those are, I'm just seeing women becoming some of the natural leaders within our industry, which I've been pleasantly mm-hmm. ha- happy mm-hmm. to see as well, too. Yeah. And what I discovered, I had multiple events at Rockwell Automation. One of them mm-hmm. was at the global headquarters, which is... Mm-hmm like three minutes from here. And when I talked to the women at Rockwell, they all said that this is a really good company for women Mm -hmm. and that Rockwell did a really good job establishing a culture that is inclusive. Mm -hmm. And it it doesn't happen overnight, but it sounds like the company did a really good job to include women, promote women, and give them opportunities that Mm -hmm. they might not get at other companies. I've been there for 10 years, Mm -hmm. and as a white male, I can really only observe at the end of the day. I shouldn't say that. I can be part of the solution, but a lot of this is just from my perspective. I've seen it getting better and mm-hmm. I've heard it getting better as mm-hmm. well. I've got another question around that, but you, you're you kind of a mind reader because you were starting to get towards one of my next questions. I'm curious, who are some of your female role models that you've seen in the industry as well too, or maybe a, a couple women that you look up to that you think are excellent role models in, mm-hmm. uh, in the space? The first one that comes to mind is Cheryl Sandberg, Okay. <laughs> she wrote this amazing book and I think she sets a really good example for many women. She's, mm-hmm. she's not specifically in engineering, but I think mm-hmm. she she did work in a male-dominated environment and mm-hmm. had to get her seat at the table and encourages yeah. other women to apply for a job much a little bit faster than you would have done it. It's just so mm-hmm. interesting to see statistics like women apply for a job when they reach 99% of mm-hmm. the job criteria while men go for it when they reach about 60 and figure out the rest along the way. Okay. Or women don't negotiate as much as men. Mm-hmm. And this is another interesting fact. So I love Cheryl Sandberg for that. Um, otherwise, we have a lot of women at CAT that I worked with have been incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. You said CAT? Uh, yeah. Like- Caterpillar or mm-hmm. okay, Minty Rapp was our facility manager at Cat when I mm-hmm. when I still worked there and she did a very nice job. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl Sandberg, just a quick, what was the book that she wrote and who is uh, who is she for those that might not know her? Right yeah, off the bat? Um, so Cheryl Sandberg is the COO of um, Facebook. Okay, and she wrote the book Lean In and a few other ones. Mm-hmm. But yes, I have heard. I've have heard Lean, of Lean In, In, and you will have people who will say, "Oh, this is not the perfect approach for everyone," but mm-hmm. well, this is. This was her experience, and I think everyone sure. can get some value out of it. From um, from an ally standpoint, there are a lot of males in the industry, like myself, and and I think you you did a good job of politely correcting me earlier when I was asking about men's wingtips and men's tennis shoes and doing those, and you're like, you already have options, and you're totally right. So I guess my question is, what what can men and allies do in the industry to help make an impact in the right way? Mm-hmm. I think one simple thing is to be a little bit more aware um, mm-hmm. when you when you work with women. <laughs> men sometimes tend to speak over some someone else, especially over women when they're in the meeting room. Mm-hmm. Or when you're a male manager, that's another thing that happens on a regular basis. When a woman brings up an idea, it's mm-hmm. not being picked up right away. Mm. But as soon as a man says something very similar, and now is that's the idea of the way. It's just being aware of 
small things like that and pushing women a little bit more to accept challenges i think okay. knowing that they're they set very high standards before they apply for a role mm-hmm. knowing that it is it would be good if men would be supportive um, coaching them and mm-hmm. pushing them a little bit more to accept okay. roles that they would succeed in if i heard your answer correctly there there are kind of two different dynamics to that where it's being a better listener mm-hmm. and like making sure you're hearing that full thought like in a meeting or in mm-hmm. the boardroom or mm-hmm. wherever that is and also at the same time challenging women to go maybe beyond what they're doing today mm-hmm. to accept those roles that maybe it's a step above what their experience level is that day for example mm-hmm. but something that if challenged could no doubt accomplish yeah it. yeah exactly love that well, we're getting to the end of this interview. Um, I guess my second to last question is, what's something you wish I would have asked you that I haven't yet? Oh, let's see. Oh, and we talked about products earlier. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that we will be release, releasing functional apparel very soon. We received mm-hmm. so many different requests from women that we need better safety vests. We need better lab coats. We need better pants. Like We mm-hmm. need better clothing in general. And one of the products that we came up with is a more functional blazer that actually has pockets where you can put in your phone. Like I'm wearing one of our early prototypes yes, right now. for those of you it's watching. It's very soft and cozy. That's very soft lining. Fashionable, no doubt. Yeah. I, I, I would never know your shoes or your blazers were like meant to be workwear right off the bat, like, you know, industrial type workwear. Yeah. That's, I think, one of the most impressive things. They yeah. look like something you would wear if you're going out or if you're going to a meeting, yeah, whatever Yeah, that, that's is. a nice thing to have more versatile clothing because mm-hmm. in so many cases we have to go from meeting to a shop floor and maybe happy hour afterwards. Yeah. So, you, so the cool thing about these is you have pockets where you can put in your earplugs your safety glasses your phones one of my favorites is super pragmatic this hook where you can hook in your rings because you're oh. not allowed to wear rings on a manufacturing floor mm-hmm. and i know so many men and women who lost their rings already yeah and you never know where to put them so you'll be able to hook them in that is so and cool secure them in a in ring your pocket. hook secure in the pocket that is genius. simple concept hope- but like these are the things i wanted for myself so i want to that's provide better products a for lot women. of times that's the best way to do a product is figure out the things that you have beef with and create your dream product. Mm-hmm. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Well, you kind of hit my last question was what's next uh, for Xena Workhorse? Are the Blazers coming out? What are you most excited about that's uh, on the road ahead aside from the oh, next yeah. line? Um, yeah, I'm very excited to reach more women who have been waiting for a better product. Because mm-hmm. still, so many times I go to a conference, I meet women who say, oh my goodness, I, I was looking for better shoes and just bought a terrible pair two weeks ago. How did I not know about mm-hmm. you? So I we want to do a better job reaching more women mm-hmm. who have been waiting for better products. And very excited to release our lower heel boot, our blazers. Mm-hmm. Well, before the Christmas season, we'll have yeah. release a gift card if someone is looking for a cool gift for their friends, coworkers, 100%. family members, or in engineering, <laughs> manufacturing, construction, they would love it. I hope you make a killing around the <laughs> holiday season. I, I mean, I like I said earlier, when I found out about the uh, the idea for your company and that you had created it, I'm like, I need to talk to this person on it. Manufacturing Happy Hour. It is such a great idea. I love I love what you're doing to empower women in the industry. Thank I think you it's fantastic. so much. And it's long overdue. So this has been a great conversation. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you so much for coming to Milwaukee. No problem. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. (laughs) Cheers. And for those of you out there, we'll catch you here next time. Bye.
Hey, thanks so much for listening. And a big thanks to Anna and Zena Workwear for appearing on this episode. The Literally, the second that one of my coworkers, as well as Dr. Rapella from episode four, told me about this company, I'm like, this is the exact type of person and the exact type of organization that needs to be on Manufacturing Happy Hour. Love the conversation. Anna, if you're listening, thanks so much for taking the time. Now, again, I forgot to mention this in the actual conversation, but if you would like to learn more about Xena Workwear or if you would like to order a pair of shoes for yourself or a loved one, uh, go to xenaworkwear.com. That's X-E-N-A workwear.com, and you can find out all about that there. If you're interested in checking them out on social media, highly recommend doing that on Instagram where you can see and hear lots of inspiring stories about what some amazing women are doing in the STEM fields and construction and manufacturing. That's at Xena Workwear on Instagram. If you are looking to links to the website or to Instagram or wherever it may be, you could also just go to manufacturinghappyhour.com and check out the show notes for this episode. Speaking of manufacturinghappyhour.com, I've got one quick call to action for you before the episode wraps up. Now that we're at the end, if you loved hearing what Anna had to say, and if you're just digging the show in general, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review at Apple Podcast. You can head straight there by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash iTunes. Do it on your phone. Do it on your computer. Hit that five-star rating. Leave that review. One sentence is all it takes. Does not take a lot of time. And it is tremendously helpful in getting this show in the ears of other manufacturing all-stars and putting it on the map so we can keep serving more and more people. Thank you so much if you take the time to do that. One final shout out to our sponsor for this episode, Audible. Audible is the largest electronic library for audiobooks and spoken word entertainment and in in fact, Anna had mentioned Cheryl Sandberg and her book Lean In, and between the time that I reviewed this episode again and when I recorded these intros and outros, I actually downloaded Lean In on Audible, went for a six-mile run, and plowed through the first two chapters. If I did not have Audible, I would have not been able to do that. I would have just been going on a relaxing run in nature in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. Not a bad thing, but I did feel more productive great book so far. Again, you can cash in on your own free trial of Audible for the first month by going to audibletrial.com slash happy hour pod. Because you listen to this show, that web link, web code, whatever we want to call it, that gets you that first month free. Highly recommend checking it out. Again, audibletrial.com slash happy hour pod. That's it for this week, folks. More exciting episodes coming up, so stay tuned. In the meantime, stay innovative, stay thirsty, and we'll catch you back here on Manufacturing Happy Hour real soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing Happy Hour. Powered by the Industrial Network.